I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. At the moment, we're losing about a species every five minutes. Australia has the worst mammal extinction rate in the world. You're listening to Short Black. With me, Sandra Sully. Good women, great chat. Well, I'm thrilled to collaborate with the wonderful Australian Women's Weekly as they count down to the announcement of the winner for this year's Women of the Future Awards. Over the next six weeks, we'll be showcasing one of the finalists. And today, it's my thrill to introduce you all to Camille Goldstone-Henry. G'day, Camille, and congratulations. Hi, Sandra. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be a finalist for the Women of the Future Award and so happy to be on the podcast with you today. Your project is called Xylo Systems. It's all about using AI to eliminate that duplication and waste in conservation projects, but explain it for the layman. Sure. So we have a really big issue, not just here, but around the world, in that species extinctions are accelerating and it's a result of human impact. So at the moment, we're losing about a species every five minutes. Australia has the worst mammal extinction rate in the world. Since European settlement, we've lost 100 species. So it's really kind of dire straits for our iconic species here in this country. We've got a lot of duplication of effort and draining of resources with thousands of teams working to save our iconic species but they don't have an easy way to connect and share information and collaborate so that we can ensure that we are working as a team towards our conservation goals and towards saving our species. So Xylo is a cloud-based platform to connect, track and manage wildlife conservation projects. So using artificial intelligence and specifically augmented analytics, the platform provides vital data insights to inform threatened species management and to help us decide how to best save our iconic species. So the AI analytics part um, can really help us turbocharge wildlife conservation by helping us work faster and smarter with the information and resources we have at hand. To give you a bit of an idea uh, as to other industries that are using these artificial intelligence technologies and analytics platforms, In technology and um, specifically retail tech, a lot of big retail giants are using analytics to predict customer purchases and healthcare is using AI and analytics to prepare patient treatment plans. So I thought, why can't we use this to save our most vulnerable species? We have a lot of data on our iconic species, particularly with new technologies like drones and camera traps coming online. We can now also rapidly sequence threatened species genomes in the cloud. So with all of this data, it's harder and harder for humans to look at it and make informed decisions. So that's why we're building the AI platform to help us draw those insights out quicker than the human eye can. Now, this has enormous potential and you've partnered up and caught the eye of Australian fintech behemoths like Atlassian and Canvas. So everyone sees the potential. 
Top of mind for me, for example, in recent Australian history is the plight of the koala. Now, I'm a little plugged in with the Australian Museum and they've had a, a wonderful project about Australian citizens. It's a citizens project trying to track frogs across Australia. When I think about the number of scientists and zoos, museums, projects that are undertaken, but there's no connectivity and, and that's really your solution, isn't it? Where you can eliminate the duplication as well as value add to everyone's projects and share this knowledge through the cloud. Absolutely. So this platform is really for anyone involved in the preservation of wildlife. We've got these huge multi-stakeholder conservation projects happening across our country here and also around the world. We have governments, zoos, aquariums and wildlife parks, museums. We've got academics and universities. We've got large and small conservation organisations. And we've even got corporate businesses that are wanting to set biodiversity targets to contribute to these conservation projects. Now, currently, this is all done by word of mouth and email, and it's very much a network effect. But I kept thinking, there are these amazing platforms out there that allow us to look up who we went to primary school with. So, you know, I'm talking social media here. And I thought, why can't we have a platform that rapidly connects all of these big players in conservation to help them work together and make better decisions because what that is ultimately going to do, it's going to create better outcomes for our wildlife and is going to help us get to those conservation goals faster. Whether they're state, federal or UN conservation goals like the sustainable development goals. So it's bringing these people together to maximise what we're doing and have the biggest impact for our species. So when you finished university and you went working full-time at zoos and the Aquarium Association, obviously this gem of an idea just, you know, lit a fire in you and it's really been able to take off. If you win, how will it change your world and make a better place for the rest of us to live in? You're absolutely right. This idea came to light when I was working for the Zoo and Aquarium Association and, and working in the conservation space. And I could really see the benefits that technology has in the conservation space here and around the world. What the bursary will really be able to do for me and Xylo Systems is help us start to build the platform. I think it comes as no surprise to anyone that building an artificial and machine learning platform that uses huge amounts of data and prepares analytics and helps us predict what might happen with these species in the future is extremely expensive. The upfront costs are huge, so the bursary will go towards starting to build this platform so that we can start testing it with some of our most critical species. We've got some pilots in the work with uh, Taronga Zoo, the New South Wales government, the University of Sydney, and a few other organisations with some of our most endangered species here in New South Wales. So we're looking at the Regent Honey Eater and Plains Wanderer. So the bursary will help us start to pilot the platform with these species and from there we can rapidly scale out to the many many other endangered species we have in this country so that we can start having real action towards their recovery. And what sort of traction have you found as you've shared your ideas and, and tried to find those interested parties? There has been an amazing interest in this idea because I think a lot of people in the conservation industry, whether you're an ecologist working in the, on the ground or whether you're the CEO of a large conservation organisation or a managing a government environment department, have this problem of connecting information. So 
I've spoken to about 30 different organisations, governments, um, zoos, teams across Australia, and there has been a lot of interest. I've got backing and expressions of interest uh, from about 10 of the most influential conservation names in Australia to start to test this platform. So they've put their hand up and said, I will start working with you as soon as you have the platform ready, which definitely speaks to the problem. And that's our aim. We want to solve this problem for conservation in Australia using technology. Tell me, you're a 30-year-old living in Bondi, born and bred in Newcastle. Where did your love affair of conservation come from? If you've ever been to Newcastle, it is such a, a coastal beachy town. And so I think like a lot of Aussies growing up along the coast, I was enrolled in nippers and worked closely with my local surf lifesaving club. So a lot of my days were spent on the beach or bushwalking with my parents. My parents were really big on sustainability. My dad was a, a champion surfer in Newcastle. So it was their influence embedding my siblings and I in nature from a really young age. I got to see the amazing wildlife we have in this country. And I became really attached to wanting to preserve that. I remember when I was about nine or 10 years old, I remember this so clearly. There was a news report and Sandra, it might even have been you on Channel 10 <laughs> reporting, reporting on um, some recent research around the beginnings of climate change. And this was originally picked up by scientists back in the 70s, but it just started to gain traction in the late 90s and early 2000s. And I remember so clearly that first instance of me being exposed to what climate change is and the impacts it could have on my generation and future generations to come. I remember crying on my balcony, hugging my dog. And at that point, I made the decision that I would make it my personal mission to save our animals and to make a positive impact on our planet's sustainability so that future generations can enjoy this planet for what it is and not have their lifespans cut short that's currently being predicted right now as a result of climate change. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I think one moment that really captured Australians' hearts was, of course, the plight of the koala as a consequence of the recent bushfires. And it broke everyone's heart. And we're all, I think, and I can say this relatively confidently, you know, we're all worried about the future of the koala. But there are so many species, as you say, that are currently endangered. And that's a space, sadly, Australia's a world leader at. How can you allay fears of, of young Australians that... Um, you know, we're doing what we can and we're making serious inroads in protecting our special wildlife. 
I'm not going to lie, it is scary. It's really scary to see what is happening with our species in this country, particularly off the back of the Black Summer bushfires. Three billion animals were killed or displaced, and it's no easy task getting those populations back to what they were before the bushfires. And they are going to be continually environmental catastrophes that we will have to deal with in this country and that will have an impact on our wildlife. But for me, I know that there is hope. I know that the younger generation coming through will be amazingly innovative. And not only the generation coming through, but for myself, working on xylo systems and working on a new technology system that will help us save endangered species, I get to work in a space with so many other incredible founders and startups that are working really hard to implement innovative solutions, not just for wildlife and the environment, but for sustainability in the long term. And I think it's all of these new innovative ideas that is going to get us out of this big old mess that we got ourselves in. So I think it's the, it's the younger generation that really can see what the impacts of climate change are going to be on us and our children that are going to drive that hope forward and will really make a difference. So it's a bit scary now, but I think we still have time to act and these innovative solutions will help us get there faster. Yes, science to the rescue again. It's a little bit like COVID, isn't it? (laughs) Not that we want to delve into that part of our current existence. I noted in your application, you really credit Australia's First Nations people with protecting and managing threatened species. Yeah, absolutely. Before Europeans arrived in this country, the Indigenous people managed our landscape and our animals in such a sustainable way. And it wasn't until Europeans arrived that we started to see mass extinctions. We've seen 100 species lost in this country since European settlement. And so I think it will be key to harnessing that Indigenous knowledge and having that Indigenous voice in the way we manage not only our species, but the environment in Australia. That is the key to really making the changes that will be sustained and long lasting. For me personally, my family is descendant of the Camilleroy people. They're from Northwestern New South Wales, up near Walgett. My family didn't actually know we were descendant of the Camilleroy people until my great-grandmother died. Unfortunately, it was one of those things that was swept under the carpet and one of those long-lasting effects of the stolen generation that my, that my family discovered um, only about 10, 15 years ago. So it's something that my mum is working really hard to understand our origins And I'm learning from her, I'm taking her lead on, you know, who our elders are and what our significant animals are in this space. So for me, it's a it's a very personal journey because I'm starting to understand how important our First Nations voices are in the conservation conversation. And so when I started thinking about silo systems and how I wanted it to be built and the technology we would use, I decided not to go just for an artificial intelligence technology. I decided to go for an augmented intelligence technology. And one of the drivers of that was because we can augment the machine learning with human intelligence. And what I have a vision for is to be able to bring in that indigenous knowledge and indigenous history of how to conserve species in this country 
and pair it with that amazing artificial intelligence technology so that we have a holistic way to manage our species into the future with that critical First Nations voice. Now, through the lens of Australiana, and of course, we're all passionate about this beautiful country we live in, what's the top 10 most endangered species right now that, you know, this, this sort of platform could save? Well, you're really testing my knowledge there. <laughs> uh, but some of the species that I've worked with that are critically endangered include the orange-bellied parrot, which is a small migratory parrot that migrates between Tasmania and Victoria. So they breed in Tasmania and then they migrate to Victoria to the feeding grounds. There's less than 200 of the orange-bellied parrot in the wild. And to me, that is pretty baffling. And some other really endangered species we have in this country, I mean, the list is, is growing, which is an, an alarm, but we're looking at species like the corroboree frog, like the night parrot in Western Australia, which was thought to be extinct, but ecologists found uh, some individuals there a couple of years ago. So I think there's an estimated less than 50 individuals of the night parrot population left in this country. It's hard to understand what the top 10 exactly is because one of the problems is, is that uh, monitoring these species can be extremely difficult. But with innovative technologies like drones and smart camera traps, we are starting to get more and more data as to just how endangered certain species are. And then the Xylo platform will be able to help us decide how we can best help them moving forward. I want to focus on one piece of work you're doing at the moment. And of course, you're working alongside the internationally acclaimed Taronga Zoo. And uh, you've been elevated through to their Taronga Hatch Accelerator program. Tell me a little bit more about that. The Taronga Hatch Accelerator uh, that Taronga Conservation Society Australia runs is a startup accelerator program for environmentally and sustainability focused startups. So I'm lucky enough to be one of their six finalists this year. They had their inaugural accelerator program last year and had six really cool startups go through that were focusing on the circular economy and sustainable products last year. Their winners, Good Eddie, um, they're actually implementing an edible coffee cup. So you can now go to your coffee shop and order this edible coffee cup. So once you finish your coffee, you can eat it. And that is true sustainability. This year, uh, the finalists consist of myself and Xylo Systems. Uh, there's the Pedal Club, who is a bike subscription service for kids. There's Carapac, who is developing a, an alternative to plastics from crustacean shells. There is Spotter who are deploying thermal imaging automated drones so you can order a drone to come and monitor your land, kind of like an Uber. There's also Visible. These guys are creative agency for conservation projects. And there is, there is the Science Surf Boys who are developing sustainable wooden surfboards for the surfing industry. The Hatch program has been absolutely incredible for not just me but the other startups that are in the program because it has given us the skills to accelerate and grow our ideas. When I started the Hatch program uh, back in July this year, Xylo Systems had just hit the proof of concept stage so we had validated the problem with a number of our partners in the conservation space so we knew this was a problem worth solving for them. So between July and now, we have started building 
the platform so that we can launch it to market in December. And in a space of three months, that is huge growth. So the Hatch program, it, it just has the most amazing community behind it. The Taronga name attracts the cream of the crop in any industry because what they're doing in the conservation space is really, really pivotal for conservation in Australia. And the community recognises that. So through the Hatch program, I've been able to have access to some of the best in the business from marketing and technology, uh, legal for startups, impacts and social enterprise uh, expertise. If you have an environmental or sustainability focused startup, I cannot recommend the Hatch program enough. Well, I have to say your work is getting noticed. Xyla Systems is now an award-winning startup named in the top six environmental startups of 2020. You just talked about the Taronga Hatch Accelerator Program, and you've also won the highly commended category in the Sir Rupert Myers Sustainability Prize this year. I mean, your science, what you're doing is empowering conservationists to really rapidly reduce Australia's extinction rate. You're a young scientist in Australia with so much to offer. Let's talk a little bit about being a woman in the science space. There's so many column inches over the years about how tough it is for young women in science and tech. Is that what you found? I can definitely understand the sentiment around why it's so hard for, for women in science. And it is. It is hard for women in science. I am really, really lucky. I've had some amazing mentors, including Professor Kathy Bellov, who sequenced the genome of koalas here in Australia, and Dr. Carolyn Hogg. These are really strong women in the conservation space that have guided me in my career. So I think I'm one of the lucky ones that I hasn't had uh, the challenges that perhaps other STEM areas have. I know it's really hard in engineering, for example. Coming from the biology space where there is a very strong female participation, moving from biology into technology has been a really big wake-up call for me around the participation of women in technology because I'm currently looking for a technical co-founder to come on board and help me build Xylo Systems. And as I start putting the call out there, I'm only getting inquiries and interest from, from men in technology and I'm wondering where all the women are. So I would like to see more participation of women in technology and particularly the innovative space in technology. If we start looking at tech startups, less than 10% of women-founded tech startups are funded by venture capitalists here in Australia. And I think that needs to improve dramatically because women have some of the best tech ideas and are also some of the best managers of startups. Some of the most successful startups here in this country are female-founded. You only have to look at Canva and Melody Perkins to see how true that is. So true, so true. What would be your advice then to a young woman working in the STEM space who's hitting some roadblocks? I think if you are a young woman starting in the STEM space, follow your passion is my first piece of advice. You have to have passion and drive to get through some of the challenging roadblocks that you might have to face as a woman in science or as a woman in STEM. My second piece of advice would be to find mentors that can help you navigate those passions and to point you in the direction of the right opportunities. Don't underestimate the power of your mentors and your networks to help you overcome those challenges. 
It's definitely been true for me in my very short career. And it's something that I think a lot of young women should look at, not at the beginning of their careers, but even when they start university, start building your network and your team of mentors that can be your champions. How long, give me your future prediction, how long before I can log on to Zylo and participate and start recording changes in my environment from a conservation perspective? What's your dream? Well, I hope that's by the end of next year for the general public to be able to participate in the Zylo platform. Initially, we are getting the larger organisations on board, so the conservation organisations and government departments. But I think one of the critical components of this platform moving forward and for us to achieve real change for our iconic species in this country is having everyone to be able to participate in the conservation of those species. So while we're focused right now on getting this to those organisations, we will have a public-facing platform towards the end of next year. This isn't going to be just an Australian platform. It is going to be a global platform. Our next stop is going to be the US and we're going to try and target that market and, and infiltrate that market through Silicon Valley, which everyone knows is the very famous startup hotspot in the US, in California. They're doing a lot in the US in terms of innovative solutions for conservation. They've got Conservation X Labs, which is a really huge startup incubator. We are hoping to connect to them soon to start working with some of the multinational conservation organizations like WWF. Camille Goldstone-Henry, wishing you the best of luck in the Australian Women's Weekly's Women of the Future Awards. You're one of six outstanding finalists. Congratulations and good luck on the journey. Thank you so much, Sandra. You have been listening to Short Black, a 10 News First podcast for 10 Speaks. To make sure you don't miss any of our great chats, subscribe in your favourite podcast app. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.